0: Welcome back. This is The Kelly Roach Show. Super excited to have with me Alan Draper here today. Hey, Alan. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You are welcome. We got a trick Christmas tree getting delivered behind the nice. mirror. We're, we're getting in the spirit of the season. Okay. So Alan, you have 27 companies and you have not only built and run your own successful businesses, but helped many others to build successful multi-million dollar enterprises from the startup phase, right? So I know you really specialize in helping people take an idea and, you know, turn it into a successful business. So um, let's really dive in. First of all, you know, how did this accumulation of all of these businesses happen for you?
1: Well, I mean, so the, the number, you know, 27 or 28 or whatever it is, is kind of a little deceiving because I have a group of like, Twelve or thirteen of them that are like sister companies, but you know I my first startup was actually a pest control company, a home service company of all things, and I thought that was going to be the end all be all for me. I thought that's what I would be doing for the next twenty plus years, and through starting that company, I just found a passion for entrepreneurship and especially the startup phase. Um, I remember early on Kelly. Um so I was practicing law in Phoenix. So I'm an I'm an attorney also. I, one of my businesses is a law firm. But um I was practicing law in Phoenix, came home one day told my wife, "Hey, um I'm going to quit my job. We're going to pack up our small family and move to Detroit and start a pest control company." And um you know, she was like, "Okay, let's do it." And early on in it's called Proof Pest Control, early on in Proof, yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of this st- quote unquote startup phase. Yeah. I couldn't wait until, you know, the the money was flowing, the the seemingly endless issues of a startup were over, and we were quote unquote comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we got to that point. We got to that point where we were very comfortable. We did it pretty quickly too, within a couple yeah. of years. And then I noticed this really weird feeling nagging at me. And that was Man, I miss those early days. I miss that excitement. I miss being outside my comfort zone. And I think a lot of it was because of the growth that occurred there. Yeah. I didn't realize it at the time with my first startup, but that's kind of how I got into just starting businesses. I love that phase.
0: Now, how do you make the leap? From the legal world into pest control. That is fascinating to me. So I want to hear about that transition. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about what it is exactly that you love so much about the startup phase and and what some of the big things are that business owners at at any level can apply to what they're doing to be more successful.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I had some experience in the pest control world prior to law school. And... And my brother was really involved in pest control. He he started in his early twenties and has been in pest control the entire time. So there was this opportunity when I was practicing law. He was exiting a company and said, hey, maybe we should start something. So that's kind of where I initially dipped my toes into the pest control world and we decided to take that leap. But regarding the startup phase, I think, you know, honestly, I've obviously, you know, had Several years of formal education. I have a juris doctorate degree um, from a you know a top twenty law school, and um, but no education can replace starting a business. There's just something about it. No, it's absolutely it,
0: true. Yeah,
1: that makes it really unique, and it's because when you're in a classroom, and I'm not necessarily knocking it, although I have some feelings about formal education now, but. When when you're in a classroom, you're in a very safe environment. If if you don't answer the question correctly, maybe you get a bad grade or whatever the case is. But when you make a mistake in business, it costs dollars and cents, headache, jobs, all these really important things. And so I think, you know, number one, I think a startup is the greatest classroom that exists.
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think that so much of the time as you're going through that startup phase, you're so fixated on getting to what's next that you're missing the most important fundamentals, which if there's anything that I've learned over the course of you know building the companies that I run today and the organizations mm-hmm. that I run today, it's that those fundamental foundations that you learn in the startup phase are the most important things that are going to carry you for the long haul. And when people skip over them or they don't put those fundamental foundations in place, typically the business ends up imploding. Yeah. I think it's, it, you're the first person that I've talked to that has really said, you know what, I love that startup phase and I'm going to celebrate mm-hmm. that startup phase. I'm going to like go all in on it everyone really seems to want to get out of that phase as quickly as possible. So what I would love to highlight on the show today for the listeners, we have people from startup all the way through, you know, 15, 20 million plus um, dollar companies running, listening to the show today. But what are some of those foundations that um, you really firmly focus on with your companies and with the clients that you help today in that foundational phase that people can revisit to really make their businesses more successful in 2023?
1: I think the most important thing is, regardless of the phase that you're at in your business, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be um, dressing to some degree, not st- like stressing out, right? There's good stress. Absolutely. Stress and bad yeah. stress, distress. And so good stress pushes us to be better. It's like yeah. um, good peer pressure, right? It's like, hey, come, let's wake up. Let's go to the gym early. That's kind yes. of stressful because you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. If, if I say no, then he's, you know, it's going to judge me or whatever. Yeah. But um, so there should be some level of stress. Otherwise, there's no growth. And honestly, if a business isn't growing, it's dying. And that's True. super cliche. but. But it's true because businesses do not stay stagnant. So, right. so that early phase, that stress comes naturally. Getting outside of your comfort zone as an entrepreneur, it's just so much easier. It just happens naturally. But when you're in business 4, or 5, 6 years, um, you have to push yourself mm-hmm. once things get comfortable. And the best way to do that is with growth and yeah. and so when a company is growing especially at an exponential rate you really it puts a magnifying glass on your company and exposes all these issues which is exactly what you want to have happen yeah so i think the other think- part is there's this per- there's this personal growth aspect of it so your company's growing yes but i don't believe a business can ever attain a level of development or success that the entrepreneurs founders operators at business have not a, achieved or obtained yet
0: agree okay. yeah absolutely it's so true and and when you stop growing the business stops growing and i think one of the things that's really hard for entrepreneurs is you know when you see your business as an extension of yourself And when in order to grow, you have to be able to acknowledge all of the issues, problems, and holes in the business in order for the business to become a better company. And in order for... I I think for me, even early on, I'm not like this anymore, but I I was like this early on. It's like, you don't want to acknowledge, we have this issue. We have this problem. This is wrong. We have to fix this over here. Because it almost feels like you're admitting that like your baby is ugly, right? But as you mature as a business leader and have the ability to see yourself and see the business and be able to give the business what the business needs to thrive i think the more openly you can acknowledge these are the holes these are the problems these are the the challenges that we need to correct and you can do it in a non-emotional way uh where it doesn't it doesn't feel a certain way to be openly discussing those things and i think that's something that a lot of people get really stuck on
1: no i think i mean that is a very like advanced mindset it really is. And I have a perfect example of this right now. I'm, I'm working with a team and um, we're developing a software. We've been working on it for about a year and a half. And about 2 weeks ago, we were having a staff meeting. And this realization came to me that I am not capable of running that company. I do not have the skill set that is required and eight, nine years ago, I would have not let that thought be publicly known. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have. Yeah. But, but now I realize that when I'm able to acknowledge, uh, you know, a defect or I'm able to acknowledge a lack of uh, talent or I'm able to acknowledge an issue or something that needs to be improved upon, it builds trust in my team of, sure. of me. Right. So they're like, now, now I don't, now I don't need to be guessing whether Alan is capable or not. Because if he's not capable, he will tell us. He'll be the first one. And with entrepreneurs, you're exactly right. I say that entrepreneurs are like my children. Right. I never, sorry, being a business owner, like when I look at my businesses, it's a lot like looking at my children. I never look at one of my businesses and think, nah, it's all right. I, it's always, man, this thing is driving me crazy. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to rip my hair out. Or it's like, oh my goodness, my, you know, my kids slash business are the cutest things. Most, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. And so it's really hard for entrepreneurs that they take an idea and they put their blood, sweat and tears into something for, you know, even years before there's any economic benefit for them to say, you know, to to have this holistic and objective view of what needs to happen. And the quicker an entrepreneur is able to do that and identify like, hey, and one of the biggest problems that I have is admitting when I have the wrong person on the bus, Kelly, Mm -hmm. that's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I have the person in the wrong seat. But the sooner you're able to do that and pivot and make those changes, the better it's going to be. And you're kind of inspiring this idea of evolution and growth within your company just you know, by leading from the front.
0: I've shared on many occasions that we get podcast sponsorship pitches every single week. And for years now, we've declined every single one of them. But recently, I came across an opportunity to share a resource, a team, and just an overall incredible human being with you that I felt was important to take action on. And today I'm excited to have this episode sponsored by my friend, Heather Chauvin. Now, for each and every one of us, we know how much energy impacts our results. I know you wanna feel energized, encouraged. You wanna increase your self-trust. You wanna feel all the afters, right? And so I am bringing to you a special resource today by Heather Chauvin, author of Dying to Be a Good Mother and the wildly popular podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, to bring you this episode. In order to feel all of those afters, first need to get clear on the before. So Heather has created an energy finder quiz, which is gonna help you to identify where to focus so that you can conquer your energy leaks and step into becoming the best version of you. If you are ready to take back control of your time and your energy, you can go to heathershoven.com forward slash Kelly. That's heathershauvin.com forward slash Kelly to take the quiz. And when you do, you're going to get some amazing resources that are going to help you to better leverage everything that you are learning and hearing here on the show and to step into that next version of you. So go ahead and take action now. I think a lot of businesses are capped by the mindset of the business owner because they maybe subconsciously realize that they're at the point where they can no longer take the business to where it needs to go next, but they don't understand the thing that maybe an advanced business owner or someone in a corporation understands, which is that You know, each person plays a very small role in this zone of genius, right? And then they hire people all around them that are genius at those other things that they're not capable or competent to do. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength to be able to own and acknowledge that and narrow your focus into the area that you really need to be in. But I also think the vast majority, and I would love your opinion on this. You know, I think the vast majority of business owners are really not truly. The right person to be the operator of the company. And I think in the world of small business, yes, we start that way because it's essential. And because, you know, from a a financial standpoint, you know, you have to get to the point where you can afford to hire. But I think a lot of business owners maybe are better either being the investor in the company being the face of the brand or potentially being a role player in the company but not the operator mm-hmm. it takes someone with serious financial mm-hmm. operational and sales capabilities to be the operator of a company and most small business owners that's not that's not their zone of genius it's not their core strength what are your what no. are your thoughts on that
1: no i agree 100% and i think it's because a lot of it has to do not necessarily not necessarily with capability but with the personality mm-hmm. of the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I, I'm very scatterbrained. So m- my day, I'll work on any be- anything between 8 and 10 of my companies. It's really hard to be the one in charge of one of those companies if you're doing that. It's really hard to do. Um And with some of those, I am technically the CEO for whatever, you know, whatever that means. And I'm looking for a replacement um, for me. But I think it's just, it just goes back to that. It, um, more than it being a skill set. Just the other day on my podcast, I had um, an entrepreneur and he has a really great business and he has um, an incredible skill set. But as soon as we hung up, I told my, a uh, content producer that was in the room with me. I'm like, he is not the man to run that company. The individual yeah. to run that company, and it's not. It's it can be taken as a slight. It can be taken as something personal for an entrepreneur because they're like, wait, this is my baby. That's like saying yeah. like, hey, I have a kid. You're not the right. You know, you're you're not the right person yeah. to father the baby. Yeah. No, I, I think that's extreme, right? It's it's like, hey, this is my son. And he's, you know, playing baseball. I have two boys that are playing baseball, getting really into baseball right now. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Kelly. I'm not the best baseball coach for my son. Right. There, you know, there are people yeah, out there honey. that are better at that than I am. Yeah. And I think it's more like that than this idea that I'm the only one that can parent my child. And the best entrepreneurs are the ones that can either make the adjustment adjustment necessary so they are right for that C suite position. Or get out of the way, which is really hard for people to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think this is such an important conversation because I think that so many people listening probably are saying to themselves, wow, that just gave me the biggest uh, relief that I've ever had because I think a lot of business owners are not meant to be that person but they they don't realize that it is okay to say, you know what, I'm going to step into playing this role in the company or I'm going to step into being the face of the brand or I'm going to step into being an investor and I'm going to hire you know, the right leadership team. And this is the way that business operates everywhere except online. Everywhere except the online space, right? Because these are generally accepted principles in, in the corporate world. These are generally accepted principles in a lot of businesses. You know, you look at brick and mortar companies that have 17 locations. No one knows the CEO you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's completely different, right? So I would love to dial back for just a second to some of those foundational startup principles that you think are the most important foundations for success. And I would love if you would just share just a couple of tips for the audience around some of the things to revisit. I mean, it's a perfect time. It's the end of the year right now, mm-hmm. right? It's the time to really tighten up, clean up, get ready for a new year. Um, what are some of those foundations that you would want to emphasize?
1: So in addition to kind of this maverick type um you know risk taker gunslinger type personality I think entrepreneurs um they have to have you know this ability to identify as we were speaking about before areas of weakness with this view of continuing to improve and a lot of ways that you know I I improve is by finding out what my weaknesses are. And a business is a great way to find out what you don't know. Yeah. Um, I got a psychology degree. That was my, uh, my BS. And But if I could go back, it would be corporate finance. Mm-hmm. And early on in my business, my, my first startup, I realized, hey, I have to teach myself corporate finance or I need to go back to school or whatever. And so I bought one of those like, you know, way overpriced textbooks. It was like 150 bucks and I taught I went through it and taught myself corporate finance from that textbook and YouTube videos. So I think, you know, as you're getting started um understand the risk that you're going to have to take. Entrepreneurs naturally have that um, you know, that personality where they want to take risk that you're going to have to continue to develop personally and identify and not just the areas that you know you need to improve upon, but identify the areas that you don't know about. Um, and I think another foundational principle would be, and we've touched on it a little bit, but just surrounding yourself with incredible people mm-hmm. and letting them have their day in the limelight. Yeah. Or their moment. A yeah. lot of entrepreneurs think it's all about them. Yeah. And... And I think kind of this celebrity entrepreneur culture, the, you know, Steve Jobs and the Travis Kalanick and Elon Musk makes people think like, hey, it's about me. And your business really isn't. And one of the things that I'm most proud about, Kelly, is when I see my businesses grow and develop and I recognize my thumbprint less and less on those businesses because what that means for me is, I'm able to scale these companies without my time, yeah, and so there's that aspect, and then also the aspect of individuals finding purpose in their work within my companies
0: yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think so many small business owners don't believe that they can get the level of talent um, that's needed to to achieve these things, but you can, and where there's a will, there's a way, and you know what I have seen in my companies is like when you go and bring in the right level of talent and the right level of leadership, one person can literally Mm. transform an organization, can be the catalyst for that company rising. And I think, well, especially now, I mean, there's so many layoffs going in major corporations right now, there's going to be unbelievable talent on the market in 2023, unreal amounts of talent and also people that worked for a corporation and now want a very purpose driven opportunity yep. in a small business. So I think that there's a lot of people obviously that are looking at you know the the fear side of the recession and I'm not saying like for all of us we have to be smart. We have to be careful. Mm-hmm. We have to be strategic. Like yes, all of those things, we have to adjust what we're doing on the flip side, there's massive amounts of opportunity coming. And one of them that I think is most important for people listening to this show is recognizing that there is going to be talent that is motivated on the market that you would not have access to otherwise. And that can literally be the the game changer for you.
1: Oh, that's... No, 100%. I want to say something about that really quickly. Because a lot of people are... Starting to get nervous. And and I I don't know if nervous is the right reaction, but maybe prepared, especially mm-hmm. for small scaling companies. Yeah. So if somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, Alan, I think I'm gonna get laid off. I'm looking for a new job, whatever, what company do I look for? I say you look for a small to medium-sized company that is scaling. That when you when you interview with them, they're talking about growth. Yeah. And but but regarding what's gonna happen with the um the talent situation yeah. there is going to be incredible opportunity because what's happening is a lot of times people that get laid off are the low hanging fruit, and the low hanging fruit aren't the lowest people on the proverbial totem pole. There are people that are mid to upper level managers that are making a lot of money. Yes, because by taking out one of those jobs, you 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 know there's five or six salaries in there. Yes, yeah. so those people that are you know mid to upper level management at a large corporation. Those people can run your company, one hundred percent, or they can be upper level management within your company. And so, do not be afraid to hire right now if you are a small to medium sized company that is scaling. As yeah. long I'm, what, I, I got a text the other day, and somebody's like, "Hey, Alan, I just saw your LinkedIn post about you know what's going on in the labor force and everything, and how nervous should I be?" And I said, "If you have cash river, r- reserves, if you have a little bit of money." then you shouldn't be nervous at all. You should be very excited.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. It's, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. This has been a great conversation. I think we've talked about a lot of uh, key things that can help business owners to be sharper and look at things through a new and different lens. And so I, I appreciate everything that you shared today. Where can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, um, study some of the things that you're putting out there?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty easy guy to find. Uh, very active on all my social platforms. Very active on Instagram, um, LinkedIn. I have a podcast called The Business Growth Pod. Um, so, great. so Perfect. pretty much, pretty much anywhere.
0: <laughs> anywhere Alan Draper is found, search Alan Draper. All right, awesome. Well, Alan, it was great to have you on the show today. Thanks for everything that you shared, and I know that everyone here got immense value. So, thanks for being a part of the conversation.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having uh, me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, everybody tuning in and we'll see you back here in just a couple of days.